0: Good, everybody, in church today. Thank you, guys, for coming. Is the weather just right or what? It's just right. Chubby people like it cooler. We just want to let y'all know that, and um, we're just so glad you're here. Always love Sunday morning because everybody's so happy and uh, coming in. Excuse me. <clears throat> joyful and greeting one another. And I uh, go there to the kids' ministry. Some of them aren't real happy. I saw a child this morning crying and uh, I could tell that the child was upset that he wasn't going to hear my sermon, and that bothered me, but I promised him I would send him the notes. So um, we're just really glad you guys are here. You know, the, the vision statement of the bridge is giving life, giving life in the way we talk, in the way we serve, in the way we treat people. Giving life, asking ourselves the question right before we do something, right before we say something, we ask ourselves, is that life-giving or not? And if it's not life-giving, what is it giving? It's giving death, it's giving pain, it's giving hurt. So we want to be a life-giving church. Let me just tell you some of the ways we are giving life. You know you are a country church when people are coming in with paint on their face on Sunday morning because they went to the pickle festival. Amen? Who hit the Pickle Festival yesterday? Awesome. Awesome. Pastor uh, Andrew, Pastor Jimmy uh, were there yesterday setting up and uh, uh, we had a booth there. And uh, how many of y'all saw our booth? Did you see our area? Good, good. So just there, not, not standing on a platform saying you need Jesus, you need Jesus, but just being Jesus to people. Just being kind and being loving and being generous so that they ask you about why you do that. And then you have the opportunity to share with them what Jesus has done in your life. There's another opportunity this Saturday, and it is at the Wayne County Fairgrounds, the bridge. We, we worked uh, to partner with other churches, but everybody's just so busy, so the bridge just took this on. We are, ha- we are um, hosting, sponsoring a big event at Wayne County Fairgrounds, I believe from 11 to 2 this coming uh, Saturday, and it will be to honor our emergency response people in our community. Uh, Law enforcement, fire department, um, uh, EMS, all those guys. Is that the right initials, EMS? You know, emergency people. Um, We just love them and we appreciate them, so we're having a big event. We're looking for a bunch of folks, so... Guys, we'd love to have you just drop by and uh, see us uh, this coming Saturday. And also if you can volunteer that day, we need some people in the parking lot and helping with some other things. Talk to Pastor Jimmy about that. Uh, when you go into uh, when you go out today, you can stop by the Connect Center or uh, the the Guest Services. I always use the old language, Guest Services, and tell them you want to get involved. They'll write your name down, write your number down, give it to Pastor Jimmy. You can help us next Saturday. That's one of the ways we give life. Um, wasn't it awesome the one for change? What you guys did last week? Oh man, give that give yourself and God for providing for you. Uh, a hand as we help that school there that is such a, a worthy cause. And next week is the time to receive our dollar uh, for change next week. So we show you the video and get you excited, and then we sh- take the offering the next week. And so as you're exiting today, one dollar, or not today, not you can't bring it to me today. But on your way out <laughs> next week, bring your dollar and give it as you're exiting all the money from the one for change offering goes outside the church not one penny is spent inside our church It's spent outside the church to bless our community and don't forget the group link thing uh, that'll be happening at 6 pm tonight if you want to get in a the group link thing they're going to get me a staff meeting this week really pastor the group link thing so the group link gathering six o'clock tonight don't forget that really really big stuff And you need to be in a group because we are talking about friends and the importance of friends. You know, when we look at the cross, we see the importance of friends because there are two beams in the cross. One goes this way, and that represents our relationship with God, which is number one. And then the beam that goes this way represents our relationship with our fellow man. As a matter of fact, Jesus was asked one time, what is the most important commandment? And he said, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, everything that's in you. And number two is like number one, he said, love your as yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. So we're talking about what the Bible says about friendship and how the Bible defines friendship. A couple things God has taught us that um, we might not have expected is that really, really intimate, close friends are rare. You're not going to have many of those You're going to have a lot of acquaintances and you're going to have a lot of friends that you talk to and that you uh, have fellowship with. But you're only going to have a few really, really close friends. And the Bible says, actually, that if you try to have too many really close friends, that it could be bad for you. That it would be bad for you. It could lead to your ruin, the Bible says. And we've talked about why. because. When you really invest in an intimate, close relationship with somebody, there's a lot of cost involved. There's a lot of investment involved. And so you can't have too many of those. The Bible warns us about that. What I would encourage you to do is go back in the sermon series to the other messages and just listen to those in detail, especially the second sermon as we talked about emotional dependency. And we talked about that toxic imposter of genuine friendship is emotional dependency, and you want to go back and listen to that message. But I hope you uh, will check us out, bridgechurch.cc. Our hashtag for this series, if you're going to put something on social media, is hashtag friends. Also, if you'd like sermon notes, uh, right there's the email address uh, where you can write and say, I want the sermon notes, put the date down there. If you remember the title of the sermon, put that down there. And uh, just go, I need the sermon notes from that. So let's look back real quick, talk about what we've already uh, covered. Number one, the value of friendship. We looked at that, the worth of friendship. And then we started looking in the second week at the qualities. What are the qualities, the signs, the characteristics, the traits of a real friend? How am I going to know if somebody's a real friend? So we talked about these three already, and we'll talk about the final one today. Unconditional love. That's the the message where we talked about emotional dependency. Because emotional dependency says, I want you to be my friend with a whole lot of conditions attached to that and that is not friendship at all. And we talked about that. We talked about what it means to be a faithful friend. And we talked about what it means to be a sacrificial friend. And we've already mentioned that in this message, the cost of friendship. So this is the final quality, and I wanted to give this quality um, uh, full attention today, so we're only going to talk about this one today. And that is that true friendship purifies. True friendship purifies. It cleanses. It sanctifies. Here's the deal. If somebody's your friend... They ought to be a better person because you're their friend. Amen. They ought to be a more godly person because they're your friend. They ought to be a better Christian because they're, you have said I will be your friend. You are their friend. And so we're going to talk about that today. Real friends <clears throat> will inspire you and influence you to pursue intimacy with God Because they know that your relationship with God determines your quality as a person. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. We've kind of camped out in that book during this series. Proverbs 27, 17. We've been looking a lot at Proverbs 17, 17. So let's go to Proverbs 27, 17. You've heard this verse. Maybe you didn't know what it meant when you heard it, but you've heard it a lot. You men who have been to any kind of men's conferences, you hear this. Women, you go to women's conferences, you hear this. And here's the verse, the New Living Translation. The, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Here's the deal. You cannot sharpen a knife on a pound of butter. Isn't that right? You've never heard anybody say, get the butter out of the fridge, i got to sharpen this knife. Never. Because you have to, in order to make that knife sharp, and I've always loved, how many of you guys like to go to a Japanese restaurant, see the show, and eat the food? Amen? Amen. I mean, it's like twofer. So, you know, you take the onion rings and make the little volcano thing. That is just so cool. Tried to do that for Millie one time, and. Thank God we had good insurance. But anyway, (laughs) I love going there. And here's what I love to see them take the, I don't know if they're really sharpening the knives or if that's just part of it, but I love when they're sharpening the knives. Now, my knife sharpener at home is this handle thing, and you put the blade in there, and you kind of drag the blade through it. Who's got one like that? Okay. So I've got that one. But my dad, I remember when my dad, when I was little, my dad had this long, um, it was, like a, it was like a magnet kind of thing, and it was round, and, uh, but it was about this long. And, and my dad would take that, the knife, and he knew how to do that deal. And I thought that was really cool as a, as a child. And, uh, but metal on metal, friction, metal rubbing against metal sharpens the knife. Friends who love each other and are honest with each other and hold one another accountable makes you a better friend, makes them a better friend, makes them a better person. It means that a real friend is going to, again, bring inspiration to you. They're gonna challenge you. So I want you to think about your friends, so-called and real, and I want you to ask yourself, Am I inspired by this person I'm spending a lot of time with? Do they inspire me to be my best by being close to God? Do they influence me by being my best? And the only way that I can be my best is by being the best child of God, the best Christian I can be. Here's what a false friend will do. A false friend will undermine you they will undermine you. They will tell you they're not undermining you, but actually, privately, when they're with you and when they're not with you, sometimes they will be undermining you with other people because that keeps them in control of things. Um, A false friend will dull your effectiveness. They They will keep insisting they're not. They will keep insisting that you're their dear friend, but they will dull your effectiveness. They will Wear you down. They will keep you from using your gifts. And when you use your gifts, when you use the gifts God's given you and you're good at it, not because of you, but because God gave it to you, sometimes they'll speak negatively about that because that keeps you within their influence. They'll wear you down. They'll drain your energy. And they do it in order to control. They'll Have you ever had a friend who said, I'm your friend, but they were constantly taking little cuts at you, saying little cutting things? Have you ever had somebody compliment you, and in the middle of the compliment, there's a cut in there, and they go, oh, that was a compliment, that's a compliment, you know, and they're cutting, they're just cutting you, and uh, they do this to make sure you are dependent on them, that you don't leave them. Let me give you a series of questions to ask about your relationships and your friendships that you're currently in. And look, I'm not trying to get anybody here to, you know, I've already talked about don't walk out and go, I'm done with you, buddy. Thank God for this sermon today. That's it. Checking you off. See you later. You know, I don't want that. I want you to have friends. I want you to have, but I want you to recognize the ones that are good for you. And I'm not even saying cut off the ones that you know aren't good for you because they have needs but you need to know who to listen to. You need to know who in your circle of acquaintances that you can trust what they say. Let me just give you a list of questions. Ask yourself this, am I a better person when I'm in this person's presence? Am I a better person or do they pull me down to a place? Have you ever been around somebody that you didn't like who you were when you were with them? You ever had somebody who said, man, I'm your friend, I'm your friend, but you really didn't like yourself when you were with them? Maybe you would say things when you were with them that you would never say with anybody else. Maybe you would gossip or be critical or... or. Maybe you would get into language you shouldn't get into and talk about topics that are inappropriate to talk about. And, and when you would leave, you would go, oh, man, I that's not who I am. That's not me. I don't talk like that. So you've got to ask yourself, am I a better person when I'm in their presence? Here's, a, here's one right on the uh, uh, end of that question. Am I, do I become a better person when I'm not in their presence? Do I, do I feel relieved when I part from them? Is there a sense of, whew, glad that's over? These are signs that a person is toxic in your life. Look, it may be somebody you're related to. It may be somebody you, you care very deeply about and you love them, but they're at a place where when you are with them, you don't like who you are, and when you part from them, you feel, oh, wow, Thank goodness that's over. What's my mood? Question three, what is my mood after I've spent time with this person? What's my mood? <laughs> you know, my wife, she can go, have you been around so-and-so today? You know? And it's some of you guys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Have you ever, have you, you, you husbands, you wives, um, I don't know, I gotta be careful right here, but <laughs> your spouse can tell when you've been around somebody. Your spouse, your your other friends can go, you've been hanging out with him, hadn't you? I can tell by your mood, I can tell by your countenance, I can tell by the way you're talking. So, what is your mood? How are you after you've been with this person? Here's some questions, and these are so important. How does my relationship with this person affect my relationship with my family? And we've talked about that. We've talked about that. You know what? If a person's having trouble in their marriage and they're not working on it, if they're having trouble in their marriage and they're not working on it and they're not praying and they're not getting counseling, if you're not careful in your healthy marriage, you can get with that person. And before you know it, you're seeing things to criticize in your spouse because you're in that environment. You're just hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And you kind of come home and go, well, you know, she, I think she's like that. I think my wife's like that. Or you wives can come home and begin to get uh, really picky and Because you've been in conversation with somebody who's not in a good place in their marriage and they're also not seeking God and they're not on their knees and they're just really ripping on their spouse and they're unloading on you and and it affects you. And you come home and all of a sudden you become picky. And all of a sudden you start nitpicking. Be very careful, I'm telling you. I've been a pastor a long time back in B.C. before carpet. And I'm telling you, I have seen this over and over and over in the church world. Matter of fact, can I just really be transparent today? I know times it's happened to me in my own life, in my own marriage. You spend enough time with people who who are in a bad place, and they feed you, and they talk to you, if you're not strong, if you're not walking with God, if you're not in that intimate place with God, where he can bring some discernment in your life, where you can hear His voice, you'll pick up on some of that, and you'll get like that. You'll become like that. Anybody hear me out there? y'all hearing me? And that kind of brings me to the next one. How, how does my relationship with this person affect my marriage? How does this relationship, how does my relationship with this person affect me as a parent? How does my relationship with this person affect how I see myself? How I view myself? That's really big right there. And I'm not saying, because we're going to talk about flattery today, and and you you don't want a friend who's flattering you. We'll talk about that. But you do want a person that, Loves you enough that yes, they'll hold you accountable when you're out of line or you're stepping out of bounds and you're able to hold them accountable too Because here's one thing I have noticed about people who want to hold other people accountable They don't like to be held accountable sometimes Y'all never had that have you in any relationship? Have you ever had friends or family who they feel free to tell you stuff but boy Come on, we're come on. We're all family here. Let's get real But you say something back and go, well, since you brought that up so freely, (laughs) let me just share some stuff with you. Not in retaliation, (laughs) (laughs) but you go, you know, thank you for that, thank you, and hey, listen, there's something to it. And then, boy, they're like offended. They're offended. Now, you couldn't be offended, but they're offended. I need to get off of that. I need to get off of that. (laughs) But you do have to ask yourself, how how does being with this person make me feel about me? Am I a better Christian because this person is in my life? When this person is in my life, does the Christian life become harder? Or do they help me? and inspire me and encourage me and challenge me and really make my walk with God and my development as a Christian they actually make it easier for me to love God huge questions final question does this person speak honestly in an effort to help me not honestly in an effort to manipulate me but honestly in an effort to help me. Now, let's go to the Amplified Bible. You guys love the Amplified Bible? Man, it's a great Bible, free online. Back in Proverbs 27, 17, right where we started. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences. There's that word, influences or inspires. Another, and I love this, through discussion, through Honest communication, sharing. You know, one of the ways that you're able to share into another person's life, and you guys see me do it up here on the stage all the time, i got to tell you, if I was sitting out there where you are every Sunday and the preacher got up and, and was always pointing his finger and never said, hey guys, I struggle with that too, it'd be hard to listen to that guy. So that's why once in a while when I'm preaching, and especially when I'm preaching on a really Sensitive, tough thing that I know is kind of really nailing a lot of people in the audience, I pause quite often and go, hey guys, me too, me too, I'm one of you. So when you're trying to share with somebody, you know, you want to say to them, hey listen, I have my struggles. I'm not saying I don't have my struggles, but I want to just tell you that, man, there's some rough edges in your life I don't think you see, and I just want to share that with you. And I want to just, I want to, I want to influence you through discussion. So let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about it. Um, I got to talk about her this morning. She's not here. So I think she'll be in the second service. Uh, but do you know who my best friend is? It's my Millie. I'm not kidding you. I just went off with her on a two-week vacation. There's not a person in here I want to be with for two weeks. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I love all y'all, everybody. I love everybody up in here. <laughs> but about a day with y'all is about it. That's about it. <laughs> Who's with me on that, amen? But my best friend, my best friend, man, had no trouble being with her when that time was over. I, re- I hated it. I dreaded it because she makes me a better person. I'm married to my best friend. And I can stand up here today and tell you that I am... If I I have any strength as a Christian, if I have any health as a Christian, if I am a good preacher, if I am a good pastor at any level of goodness or effectiveness, it's because I'm married to her. I remember what Dr. Adrian Rogers said about his wife. He said, if you knew what she did to help me, you'd quit paying me and start paying her. (laughs) I'm telling you. Guys, listen to me. You got an awesome pastor's wife. You got an awesome pastor's wife. You really do. You really do. And uh, um, she cries for you. I mean, I'm sitting over there watching The Blacklist. (laughs) And she's over here watching, she's on the phone going, Did you know? So and so is sick. I don't want to hear about so and so being sick right now. And then she'll look at me with tears and go, But they're sick, and we need to t- just pause that. She's so much more spiritual than me. <laughs> so much more spiritual. And she cries for you guys. She reads the prayer request. I get, I'm sorry. I get the prayer request every week. All the staff gets all the prayer requests. When you write on that card, we all get all those requests. <clears throat> and Millie gets them. And she'll be going through them and she'll go, Oh, look, did you know? And she'll just cry. I'm telling you, man, she's the best. She's the best. I've done some stupid things in my life, but marrying her was not one of them. How many men feel that way here today? How many men? Got eight. God bless you. Praise God. I didn't even look up. There's a lot more than that. I mean, women feel that way. Six. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> so here's the point, guys genuine friends, God friends, friends like this verse is talking about, Bible friends sharpen you, enrich you, influence you, inspire you to be the best person you can be through a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ, but a false friend dulls you, impedes you, manipulates you to be who they want you to be. Remember the primary word we're using in this point today, a very descriptive word, but when we're talking about this positive influence, we're using the word purifies. A good friend purifies, helps you to live a purer life, a more sanctified life, a more refined life life. Several years ago, I had a fellow minister who I loved very much, dear friend. But he made some bad decisions. And because he made some bad decisions, the results came and he became embittered. But I didn't want to um, abandon him and leave him. But I noticed that the conversation always went down, down. And when I would Sit down with him to coffee, he would want to talk about other ministers, and he would want to talk about other churches and he would want to talk about uh, how they thought they were better than he was and and uh, they would just he would just be really, really critical and uh, and what happened was he was suffering from his own bad decisions and other ministers that he was looking at had made better decisions, and so their ministry was more fruitful and his ministry was not as fruitful. And you know what I noticed? Can I just be honest with y'all? I noticed I had started joining in. I started kind of saying, yeah. And when I would leave him, I didn't like me. I loved him. I loved him. He was such a dear friend. But I noticed that my... my conversation was totally different when I was with him. And I remember just coming home and telling my best friend because when I come home she'd go, you been with uh, what's his name? I can tell. So I shared with her all about that and, and she said, you, you can't do that. You can't do it. She said, I don't like who you are after you've been with him. I said, but he's a he needs me. She said, yeah, he needs you, but he needs you to be honest with him. See, she's a better preacher than me. She's way better. She don't get in the pulpit, but trust me, she preaches. <laughs> Three points and ends with a poem. I'm telling you, she's good. So, so here's what I decided to do. Listen, I decided to next time say, you know what, man? We ought not be talking like that to each other. And you know what, when I did it, he didn't want to meet with me anymore. He ended it. That's a hurtful thing. That's a painful thing. But I thank God that because of my wife and because of the Holy Spirit and, and because God will bring conviction in your life, won't he? When you're walking right with God and you start saying and living in a way that's that doesn't flow with his Holy Spirit, doesn't flow with the, with his word and what his word teaches. I mean, you just got this feeling inside of you. It's kind of like... Uh, I was reading about native Indians not long ago. And when they talk about conscience, they talk about it's like a triangle in, in a man. It's like a, a triangle with sharp edges. And when a man does wrong, it turns and the corners hurt him. But then I read on in the article that they also taught that if he will do wrong long enough, that the corners wear off. And when it turns, it doesn't hurt anymore. And that's that's the danger. That's the danger of of getting with the wrong kind of person, letting that person speak into our life. Hey, listen, you're going to be around toxic people. You're going to be around hurting people. But what you can't do is let them change you. You have to hug them in their pain and hug them in their bitterness and love them in their times of resentment. But you can't let that make you like that. Amen, amen? Amen. Hear the word of the Lord today, so important, so important. So when the Bible says iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend, that means that a true friend is gonna help that friend who is hurting, that friend who has become resentful or toxic, they're gonna help them shave off those rough edges like the sharpening of the knife. Let's go to another, excuse me. Let's go to another scripture in Proverbs. Proverbs 27 Look at verse 6. Y'all heard this verse too? Faithful are the what? Wounds of a what? Faithful. Faithful, good, good, positive impact are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern. But the kisses of an enemy are what? Because they serve his hidden agenda. That Amplified Bible is awesome. does a lot of the work for you. Who was a kisser in the Bible when it came to flattery? Judas. Matter of fact, Judas, he's leading the Romans to arrest Jesus who will hang him on a cross and kill him. And he walks up to Jesus and says, Hail, hey, Master, and gives him a kiss. Man, that verse right there, that verse right there is about Judas. What, what he was doing by saying, hey, master, what he was doing was flattering Jesus. Flattery comes from false friends. Don't be fooled by flattery. To help you understand flattery, let me give you the difference between a hypocrite and a flatterer, all right? Here's what a hypocrite will do. A hypocrite will say behind your back what they will never say to your face. A flatterer will say to your face what they'd never say to anybody else to your back because they're manipulating you with their flattery. If they really believed it about you, they would say it about you to other people. Y'all with me out there? That was profound, what I just said. So hypocrisy is when people say behind your back what they won't say to your face. Flattery is when they say to your face what they'd never say if you weren't there because they're manipulating you with that flattery. True friends don't flatter. They may compliment you. They may affirm your gifts. They may see gifts in you and go, man, you're a great teacher or you're a great singer. I mean, these are the things I hear. You're a great singer. (laughs) That toupee looks good on you. I hear stuff like that. Somebody asked me one time if this was a toupee. So let me tell you something. The day I get a toupee, everybody will know it. Gonna be some big hair up there. <laughs> See, you got to pay attention because you never know what I'm going to say next. I can be preaching and then <laughs> I'm just off. People may compliment you, they may affirm your gifts, but they won't flatter you. Remember when we talked about emotional dependency, we brought up flattery. You remember that two weeks ago? We brought up flattery. We talked about how it is a manipulative thing. So we're in Proverbs 27 and 6, and the the last half says the kisses of the enemy are deceitful. That's the flattery. Let's go back up here to the first verse. The wounds of a friend are faithful. The wounds of a friend are faithful. Now, let me ask you something. Who's our best friend? Who's the best friend? Jesus, all right? So Jesus is your friend. Jesus is your close friend. Jesus is God. Amen. And we believe that here. Jesus is God. And so so he's our best friend. He's our close friend. We want to be close to him. We believe he loves us. We believe he desires to be friends with us. We believe that old hymn that says, what a friend we have in Jesus. We believe all that, don't we? Well, let me tell you something about your friend, God. Look at the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter six, I believe it is. Let me look at my notes here. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 1. There it is. Come and let us return. Now, Hosea is an Old Testament prophet. The children of Israel had backslidden. Look what he says. Come and let us return in repentance. How many of you know a person can backslide, get away from God? They can get away from God. How many of you know, come on, we've got to raise our hand here. How many of you know you can be really, really close to God and move back away from that place in God? And to get back, we have to do something. We have to do what? We have to repent. So the children of Israel, but I want you to know I've not only seen people do that, I've seen churches do that. And nations And here it's talking about the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. And it says, come and let us return. Let us come back to God. And the way you come back to God is in repentance. Let us return to the Lord. For he, who's he here? God, the Lord has done what? Whoa. I thought Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. He's a God of love. You know what most people think that means? You can do anything you want to. And he's just going to pat you on the head and say, don't do that anymore. Y'all, y'all, Southern, we're Southern now. Hey, y'all, listen up. You might get that preaching at some churches. You're not going to get that preaching here. Because I want to tell you what, my God is a daddy. And I don't know what your daddy did to you. How many of you, when you were little, your daddy knew how to dance? Dance? Yes, sir, buddy. Let me tell you children something, all you little kids that are here. When you're getting that, come in close. <laughs> and they'll hit themselves a couple times, and then they'll back off. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little tip, this little tip right there, for the children. I minister to all people in my congregation. I got good stuff for everybody. So you little, little children are going. For God will do what? He will what? You know what that is in the Southern version of the Bible? Tear you up? Thank God for that. And I know there's some parents here going, I don't spank my children. We know. That's why God made wooden spoons. <clears throat> I know one day y'all will get a young preacher in here and he will tell y'all kind of philosophical things about how to raise your children. You ain't got him yet. You still got the old gray beard guy, okay? For he has what? And he will? How many of you know working out with weights, you tear your muscles? Did y'all know that? Who knows anything about working out with weights? I know you don't do it, but have you read that somewhere? When you work out with weights, you tear your muscles. And then they heal, and they're what? God will what? He will tear you, and he will, and that makes you stronger. He has, what are the faithful of a friend? Wounds. Faithful are the what? Of somebody who what? Loves you. Does anybody love us more than God? Man, the worst thing God could do is let you live any old way you want to and not come along and tear you up. (laughs) Feels like a wound. But after he has disciplined us, he will what then? Now write this scripture down, Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. I didn't put it in my notes because I knew I'd preach on it. That passage right there talks about God disciplining us. And it says that when God is disciplining you, it does not feel good. It says in that scripture, it is not joyous. But it goes on in that passage to say, but it yields peace. Listen to me. Discipline brings peace. We live in a society where we don't want anybody telling us anything to do. We don't want law enforcement. We don't want anybody. We want to, any, any policy, any rule, any law we don't like. We just make enough noise and rage against it and we get everybody to change it because we don't want anybody telling us there's anything we can't do. There's no line we can't cross. Everything's all right. We get to decide whatever. Let me tell you something. Discipline brings peace. You take discipline out of the picture, you got chaos. And so he says in there, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So it says there, when you get disciplined by God, it'll bring you peace, because it'll get you right with God, and it will bring righteousness, purity in your life. And then he says there there are four ways to respond to discipline from God. He says you can resent it, you can... uh, Faint under it. You can just go, I give up. You can um, resist it. You can push back against it. And he says in that Hebrew scripture, don't do any of those. And then he gets to the fourth response. He said, do this, receive it. Now we love the Bible. We believe the Bible and that's in the Bible. It says, don't resist discipline. Don't resent it. Don't get bitter about it. Don't faint under it. Don't give up when you go through discipline. Receive it. He says, and when you receive it, it will mature you. It will help you grow. It will help you develop. You know, growing up, if you, if you didn't receive or, or if you've known somebody who didn't get discipline growing up, a lot of times they never matured. They never became adults. They never become responsible. They always blame other people for everything. Am I doing some preaching up here today? Can I tell you this isn't in my notes, but it really needs to be preached in this culture we live in. So a friend who really loves you is going gonna, is gonna to sanctify you. They're going to have a refining effect on you, a purifying effect on you. When they're, and they're going to influence your life. You're going to ask yourself, am I a better Christian because of my relationship with this person? That's what you're asking. Now you've got to ask yourself, not only am I a better Christian because this person is my friend or, or is it making it harder for me to be a Christian, you've got to ask yourself, is that person a better Christian because I'm their friend? What about me? What kind of friend am I? Are they a better person because I am their friend? Am I I encouraging them to be all God wants them to be? What kind of friend am I? You know, I've noticed when I'm with genuine friends who really love me, about two or three minutes after I'm with them, they're already giving me fresh thoughts. I was with with, uh, Jim Wall yesterday morning and I love spending time with him because we are iron on iron. We, sh- we do sharpen each other. And I just love being with him and not just him, but other, other dear friends of mine that are right here in this church because he helps me be a better pastor. He helps me be a better li- uh, leader. He helps me be a better Christian. And he's sharing with me new thoughts, words of encouragement. He, he shares fresh blessings, new ideas. I love the accountability. Uh, one of the things that Jim will do is I'll say, now be honest with me about that, and he'll go, okay. And he is. And I know some of y'all, if you were there, you'd go, thank you for telling Pastor Farrell that. I knew you would. You know, I can be with other ministers in a car driving somewhere, or Christian friends. We can be in a restaurant together at a conference. A lot of times, ministers, when they're at a conference, they'll all gather in a hotel room and share thoughts and ideas, and you can always tell who your friends are. When I'm with people who love me genuinely, I'm a better husband. When I'm with people who really care about me, I'm a better dad, I'm a better pastor, a better Christian, a better person. People who love me are always telling me about a book that made them better. They want me to know about that book. They show me something in the Word of God that they have seen in a fresh new way. They want me to know that. They're always giving me words of godly counsel, holding me accountable when I drift. You know what they do? They go get me. When I drift away. How many of you know we're all prone to drifting? What does that old hymn say? Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. That's why we need life groups. That's why you need to go to group link tonight. That's why you need, because when you wander, your group will go get you, and they'll pull you back in. And I have people in my life who do that. Let me share a a poem with you, and then we're done. I love this poem. I don't know who wrote it. It says, I love you, not for what you are, but for what I am when I'm with you. I love you not only for what you have made of yourself, but for what you are making of me. I love you for not closing your ear to the discord in me, but for adding to the music in me by worshipful listening. You have done it with a touch. You have done it with a word. You have done it without a sign. You have just done it by being yourself. Why do you value true friendship? Why do we value it? Why do we pay the price? Because I'm telling you, when you look at somebody and go, I'll be your friend, you just obligated yourself. It's costs, it costs. Why are we willing to take that risk? Because a true friend is going to help you be the best person you can be. And the only way you can be the best person is to have a relationship with the one who made you through Jesus Christ. Unconditional love, faithfulness, sacrifice, purifying. These are the qualities of a true friend. next next week, which is the last sermon in this series, we're going to talk about Jesus, our example in friendship. Our example. Now we're about to close the service, and we're going to have you come, and if you'd like to, we're going to have ministers here to pray for you. And I also want to remind you, if you're a first-time guest, we have a gift for you on the way out. Also, we have connections today, so as you're exiting the building, if you'll go to your left out these doors, if you go out that door, you have to go around, go out these doors to your left, In that corner is a next step area, and some people will meet you kind of right there. It's really kind of across from the bookstore, and we just want a few minutes of your time to help you know what your next step is here at the bridge to go further with God first, amen and to go further with our church. We want you to get involved with in us if that's what you'd like to do. Let's all stand together. Ask our prayer ministers to come. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for every person who is here. Thank you, God, for your word that is so relevant, your word that is so practical. Thank you, God, for uh, helping us to know that everything we need is found in you. Everything we need. And Lord, I find you in my friends. I find you in my family. But it's you, ultimately, that I need most. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you, God, for caring about us. Thank you, God, for encouraging us and teaching us to have the right kind of influences in our life. And thank you for teaching us the qualities of the right kind of influencer. Thank you for that, Lord. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I love you guys. Thank you so much. God bless you.